Hello, Friday Night Lights fans. Welcome to the Friday Night Mics podcast, presented by Freaking Geeks Media. In this podcast, one host comes into each episode cold, the other has been a longtime fan. If this is your first episode, thanks for listening. If not, we're happy you're back for another episode. You can follow Freaking Geeks Media on Twitter and Facebook. Links will be in the show notes. Now, on to the show. Here are your hosts, Michael and Sarah. She's so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's nice to have somebody who introduces us and they're really, really excited, right? Right. It's too bad it's the last season and we won't need it after. No, I know. It is a shame. It's really nice. It, it is nice. Uh, I, I should have thought of this like two years ago, you know, when we first started. God, uh, can you believe it's been two years? It's crazy. It really, <laughs> really, it, it's nuts. It really is. It, I, let me think here. How many episodes have we have we done? We're on episode. Well, like the first season was like 22 episodes. Right. And then uh, second season was... Uh, cut short i think they were short it was like 16 i think maybe something i'm gonna like go that. look up when we dropped our first episode while you let them know about our little announcement ah yes okay so while sarah's doing that i'm going to give you guys a quick announcement here so uh granted there aren't that many episodes left but from this episode that we're recording now until the end of the series uh, these episodes will be dropped on fridays so in the past we've recorded and um Due to the fact that we're, we're shifting around some recording times, it's going to be necessary for us to uh, drop Friday Night Mics on Fridays, which is actually kind of fitting considering the title <laughs> of the podcast, title of yeah. the show. So um, they'll be dropped on Fridays on Patreon, uh, where Patreon subscribers will have access to the episodes first, and then they will be dropped on iTunes, uh, which won't which will actually be on the the following Wednesday. So Friday, Patreon, past the weekend, and into the middle of the week, that's when you'll get it on iTunes. So moving forward, that's going to be the schedule. You want to make that announcement now uh, so that you know about it. And uh, yeah, so this is the first episode where that's going to be the case. So we're recording it and tonight, and it'll be out here in... Uh, what a day and a half, two yeah, day and a half. So, what day is it? <laughs> yeah, what, what day is this? Um, yeah. So that is the schedule, and that's what it's going to be moving forward. Just to give you uh, that little announcement here before we start moving on, talking about the episode at hand. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Sarah, when was our first episode drop? March tenth, twenty sixteen. So just shy of two years. Just shy of two years. There you go. Pretty crazy. Uh huh. <laughs> All right. Um, which actually is kind of fitting because we're actually scheduled to wrap up here probably around March. <laughs> March, late March, probably early April. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's gonna come full circle. Yep, it will. All right, so we are here, right? We are ready to talk about uh, season five, episode two. That is um, the On the Outside Looking In, directed by Michael Waxman and written by Peter Berg. Peter Berg being uh, the guy who brought this to the big screen with Friday Night Lights, the movie in 2004. And of course, he spearheaded the effort to get this made into the show that we all love. So the show we deserve. Yeah, we love and we deserve. Uh, Sarah, why don't you uh, take the reins on this? It's uh, Sarah's taking the reins this season on the show. She, she, she's going to be the one that's going to be, you know, in charge of uh, taking us through each episode. I apologize ahead of, ahead of time, guys. <laughs> um, so let's go through the breakdown of this episode. Basically, a short snap of this is that Julie starts her college classes, which... I didn't expect to see Julie again, honestly, till the end. I thought she's just going to be like every other character that goes off, leaves Texas, and we never see her again. So it was kind of nice that they're still sticking with her. We get to see what's going on in her life. Um, but she meets this interesting teaching assistant who I have a lot to say about. And Tammy has trouble fitting in at East Dillon, with the East Dillon teaching staff. 
Uh, Luke Cafferty's tackle from the last game is questioned incorrectly, I will say. Uh, Coach Taylor finds that he's now on the outside and set a new set a new goal. Um, he's having a lot of difficulty keeping his team focused. And Jess and Vince hit a bump in their relationship. Kind of. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. It's, it's a little bump. <laughs> so this episode starts out with Jess and Vince and rally girls are being chosen. As is tradition in Texas, apparently, every football player gets... Uh, pretty much a girl to make their uh, I don't know how the nice word to even say that it is because they're basically their slave to do whatever they want make cookies do their homework and everything else it's it's pretty demeaning it's pretty degrading of a role to be in high school no less <laughs> yeah it, it is it, it's always been a little uncomfortable for me watching the show because you know this exists in real life um, I don't oh, yeah. know that it exists everywhere, but it does exist in some places, and uh, Texas appears to be one of them. Um, they're basically getting pimped out. <laughs> yeah, they're they're like I said, they're doing homework. Which, if you go back to the beginning of the series, Rally Girls did Tim's homework. You yeah, know? he so, was one of them. Right. Um, so yeah, again, it, it's a little uncomfortable watching the show, and. and seeing these rules and it just feels a little icky, you know, like there's these girls yeah, and they're just right. offering up their services. And <laughs> I'm not saying those services. I'm just like offering up like to do homework, you know, to, to make cookies, bake this, make this, do whatever, you know, and it just feels weird. I don't like it. Uh, yeah. No. It's, it's, it's very strange. I understand it's kind it's Texas. And things are a little different there, but it still feels very weird. But well, it, um, it yeah, this probably rally... started. Uh, it probably started back when this wasn't seen as anything particularly bad. It's just yeah, but nowadays yeah. everyone's a little more sensitive, and it, there's bigger issues. Other like a lot more people are finally coming like out of the smoke of you know, sexual predators and stuff like that, and stuff like this is a little more touchy these days. Yeah, I agree. But. And during the scene, um, Rally Girls being chosen, this pretty redhead gets Vince's jersey. And I love Jess's face. She's her, just. I, I think I saw her nostrils actually flare up. Right? Right? <laughs> like, if she could, there would be smoke coming out of her. Um, she, I love her. She's got a resting bitch face, but she, all she has to do is kind of like flex those angry muscles just a little bit. And it is just kind of terrifying. You don't want to be in her way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Vince, man, he he pulls a good move here and makes everything kind of you know better. He can always, always feel like he knows Jess well. He knows she's not liking this whatsoever. So he gives her his jersey, kind of says, you know, screw the rules kind of thing. And pulls a pretty good boyfriend move here. I'll, I'll say that for him. <laughs> yeah, he does a pretty good job. He understands the situation. Doesn't want to make things like bad between them. So he just finds a way to, to kind of extricate himself from a bad situation. <laughs> yeah, he knows it could go bad for him. And, you know, he'll lose probably getting laid for a month if he doesn't give her that jersey. <laughs> no doubt about uh, it. But she doesn't want to be a rally girl, and she doesn't really come out and say, you know, why at first, but she just doesn't want to be one. So she allows Vince to have a rally girl, and I honestly, like, what did she think was going to happen <laughs> when he got a rally girl? I'm just kind of like, you know how these girls are. Why let him have one in the first place? You know what's going to partake. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a bad, it's a bad, it's just a bad situation all around. I know she's trying to rise above it, but <laughs> that's just not who she is. <laughs> she is the fighter and not the person who will let something go. That's yeah. That, that's not gonna I love when she confronts her in the, in the bathroom. I a hundred percent thought that Jess was going to dunk her head in the toilet. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> I'm a little surprised myself that that didn't actually happen. 
Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think that girl really would have given Jess much trouble because I think Jess is a lot scrappier. Oh but, God, yeah. But whatever, you know. Okay. Yeah. So while she's having fun with Vince's new uh, rally girl, Vince gets some pretty wonderful news. Um, he gets pulled into the coach's office, and the coach gives him letters of interest from colleges who want to eventually sign with him when he graduates. Which, that's huge. He got a lot of those letters, and that's pretty big for Vince. Like, that's his ticket out of here. Yeah, it is his ticket out out of this uh, town, and to give himself an opportunity, which a very short period of time ago never would have even entered his mind as a possibility for his future. Yeah. Um, Given the direction that he was heading in, in the beginning of uh, season four, when we first met him in episode one of that season. So the fact that you take this character who up until very recently was even on the verge of like joining in on gangs and whatnot. And, but now he's got colleges wanting, you know, him possibly wanting to sign him like a free education to play football. That's amazing. That's a total dream to him. Yeah. And it leads to a really lovely moment um, when he goes to tell his mother. And it's, we have the clip. um, I'll play it first before I talk about this. So here is that clip. Hey, baby. Hey, mama. What are you doing away? Waiting for you to come in. I got some stuff I got to show you. Oh, baby, not tonight. I am so tired. My boss was on me. He was talking about the department not being zoned properly. Then the next thing you know, he sends me over there to relieve some people. I go and relieve them. Then later on tonight, he tells me I'm not doing my job properly. Can you believe that? It was too much. It just wore me out. But I'm going to be all right. Mm Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. (sighs) What's this? These are letters from colleges. Miami, Michigan, LSU, Texas, Ohio State, Alabama. Mama, they want me. Where do you want to live? You want the city, the beach, Florida, California? Huh? Where, where do you want to live? Girl, I'm going to take care of you, Mama. I'm so proud of you, We don't have to worry about nothing anymore, I promise. I'm so proud of you. Hang <laughs> <laughs> on me! Hang on me! Oh my god, like when I have to listen to these live, I like tear up because <laughs> like we just inserted them before and now we have to like listen to them and oh get so emotional. Yeah. <laughs> this I, is a really nice moment. It is. Um yeah, yeah, for everybody out there that uh this might be a revelation, but in the past, uh we're doing things different now because you know, I have a mixer available, so now I can do a lot of this stuff live. In the past, whenever we we would do clips. We knew the clips we were playing, but I would always have to put them in and post. And now, you know, I can actually play them live and record them live. And it makes things so much nicer. But, yeah, uh, yeah it, listening to the clips, it, it really is great. Um, but in this instance, with this scene, it's it's really emotional. Because, like we just alluded to, you know, with Vince, up until very recently, the idea of him going to college was a pipe dream. Never going to happen. You know, yeah. it, was, it was a ridiculous idea. But this is, uh, you know, a realization on his part that, that things could be different and their lives could be different. And what used to be something that he never thought could ever happen is now a very real possibility. And that possibility also means that his mom has a chance for a much better life and that's that's amazing um, and very emotional, obviously, considering the struggles that they've gone through. Yeah, that's great, especially his mom, considering what, you know, the fact that she went to rehab, appears to be doing good uh, in general, uh, complaining about the job, but, that, you know, whatever. But it's emotional. It's it's very good. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty wonderful scene, very emotional and very similar to another character we had at the beginning of the series, Smash. Um, this was what he wanted. He wanted to take care of his mother and his family and support them and have his talent pretty much 
you know, give them the life he felt they deserved. Now, I think Vince is smarter than Smash, <laughs> and I don't think Vince is going to... I think he's matured to the point where he's not going to do anything stupid to, you know, get panicked and, you know, do what Smash did and get steroids and like that. I think I think he is a smarter <laughs> on his shoulders than Smash did at this point in his life. But uh, it's very similar. There's lots of parallels between him and Smash. Yeah. Um... I think with with Vince, uh, what you have to remember here is that his mom is his life. Yeah, she's definitely like he's pretty much already taken care of her. <laughs> That's been his whole like he comes home from school and takes care of her. It's only been like you know the last year or so that he's like started doing football and she's gotten you know, been to rehab and gotten better that he's had a chance to be able to do other things. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing, you know, some, sometimes when you go through a difficult time with somebody else, it really shows the strength of the love that you have. And considering how difficult things have been for them in general, some sometimes it tears families apart. Other times it creates a stronger nucleus, right? The stronger bond between people. And you see that a lot, I think, with people that go through a lot of difficult times. If they can find a way to kind of lead on each other, it, it creates a such a, a much stronger dynamic because they've they've suffered together through various you know, moments or issues, whatever they happen to be. And I think with Vince and his mom, it's a great, it's a great relationship because there are people and I don't, and I don't blame them. I understand, but you know, there, there are kids out there, you know, who parents with, with real problems and because their parents have problems, they have anger issues regarding that, that particular parent. Okay. Yes. Which is understandable, right? You know, you're a kid, you're young, you're going through a tough time yourself. You need your parent to, to lean on, to help you. And instead they can't do that. Now, sometimes it goes that way. And other times it goes the way that it goes to Vince, where even though his mom is doing this to herself, was doing this to herself, taking drugs, um, putting her life in jeopardy, all this stuff. Vince loves his mom and is willing to do anything and everything for her. And I think it's just, it's nice seeing this, this close, very strong bond, this relationship between the two of them. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. I still remember the first time I saw her on screen and it was when coach went to their home and she was just, you know, completely out of her mind on some form of drug. And I totally written her off from mm -hmm. there. Like if that's the state she's already in, I think the changing dynamic for Vince would have been her funeral, but I like that they went in a much more positive direction. Yeah. Uh, in creating a bond between the two of them. It's much nicer story. Definitely. <laughs> so let's follow through with Jess. So, she and this rally girl have been going you know, tit for tat. And this rally girl even saying that she's going to have Vince within two weeks. Uh, that's pretty bitchy. <laughs> she's, that, she's pretty, she's a fiery redhead. I'll say that much. Um, but it leads to pretty cool scene. You know, they're at a big party and, you know, the redhead, but she can hold her liquor. She is just beating out people left and right in the drinking contest you know she's tiny but she, she can take a lot of booze and Jess goes up against her Jess wins but that's all Jess can handle because Jess is already outside the party and she is just tossing her guts up which feels well, so bad for her yeah Jess just wins but then she loses yeah definitely <laughs> loses <laughs> But uh, it leads to a, a really nice, like, heart-to-heart -heart communication between her and Vince, where she finally, you know, communicates to him. <coughs> her, 
God, sorry. I don't know why I keep... It won't go away. Uh, but she communicates with him what is really bothering her about being his rally girl. That you know, she prefers to be his football buddy girlfriend instead of his cheerleader. And we have that scene, and I'll let you guys listen to it. This guy anything to do with Mara. Everything has a lot to do with Mara. I, I miss you. Miss, miss what? I'm not going anywhere. I'm right here. I miss you. I miss the football of you. The, the way we were practicing over the summer, you know, like going over strategies and stuff. And you, know, you got coach now. I'm supposed to be a rally girl. I'm a girl and I like football. Thank you, beautiful. Wanna go home? Come on, champ. I'll get you home. At least you won. splice that in and post (laughs) (laughs) going okay okay yeah it was the tammy it's the tammy just scene that i have oh oh okay um so yeah well yeah (laughs) anyways there it's wonderful scene uh between her and vince there's some really great dialogue between the two of them it's nice to see their relationship developing you know it's not just like their relationship isn't on a whim of his like grief over his friend and, you know, making the decision to not go and kill somebody. Uh, it's not entirely based upon that. They actually have some chemistry and they work well together. And it's nice to see that develop and not be a relationship based on drama. I love it. Yeah, it is nice. Um, at least so far. I mean, you know, we don't know what's, uh, what the season has left in store. We'll see, but, but in general, you're right. Um, you know, if I had one complaint about last season, of course, it was that, as always, Landry Clark, <laughs> you know, third wheel, um, seems third to be the story, story of his life. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, the relationship between these two made sense. And I don't mean that from the fact that both of them happen to be African-American. That's <laughs> not what I mean. Uh, it's just that the two of them, obviously, from a story standpoint, had known each other for a long time, appeared to have some kind of a history, uh, even a brief one. Uh, but you could tell that in terms of personalities and everything that they kind of mesh pretty well. I yeah, think that they, they have good chemistry. I think, yeah. And I think it became evident probably to the writing staff, you know, that the chemistry between her and Landry and the chemistry between, you know, her and Vince was just different. And uh, yes. I think that it became apparent and they decided that, uh, you know, make sure that they paired those two up. And talking about Landry, am I horrible in hoping that, you know, the end of the season, everyone gets together and Tyra just shows up and she's like eight months pregnant <laughs> with this baby. I kind of want that for him. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see. I'm not going to say anything. That would just be amazing. Not going to say nothing. Not going to get it out of me. <laughs> mm-hmm. That must be near a chord, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll save that for myself. So that's basically all for Jess and Vince this week. Well, we do. No, no. We do have oh more God. because we have uh, Jess uh, meeting with Tammy after her big fight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And getting told and, uh, yeah, poor thing. <laughs> it's so this scene here, uh, it's like Tammy basically is like, "Hey, you're an honor student. What are you thinking?" Um, and you know, Jess initially tries to defend herself, like, "Oh, she started it," and you know, Tammy's having none of it. But uh, I do have the clip for it, and we'll play the clip, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. You're an honor student. 
What are you doing fighting in the bathroom? Okay, she pushed me first. Uh-uh. I don't want to hear that. What's going on in your head? I didn't go in there trying to, to, to fight her or anything. I mean, I was just going in there to talk to her about this whole stupid rally girl stuff. Because it's like, I think it's demeaning for her to put her panties in my boyfriend's locker. <sighs> it's part of Texas football. Well, the thing is, like, I'm someone who loves Texas football. You know, like, my father played most of his life, and my little brothers now play. and. I had so much fun this summer helping Vince get better at his game and stuff. I don't know, I love the game. I, I understand it. I'm sorry for that. So I'm gonna find some extracurricular things for you to do after school so you can work this off. And you are not gonna fight again. Okay. Um, so. I kind of felt like Tammy could have had a little bit more words for her. She kind of just kind of brushed it off being like, I'm going to give you some extracurricular work. I think more could have been said for Jess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I think you're right. Um, It is a little vague in that scene. Uh, I I get it. Pours her feelings out a bit and she gets next to no response. Right, which usually isn't how Tammy rolls. She, Tammy yeah. likes to to kind of have long conversations. Um, I, I think, but I mean, apart from that, what I liked about the scene was that Jess admit, admitting, not just to Vince, but also admitting to Tammy how much she just loves football, you know, and she understands it, enjoys it. Um, but then also the whole thing about the rally girls and the demeaning and putting panties in lockers and whatnot, it, it's ridiculous but i I do i do like that um you know her her she she clearly talks about football and you can hear in her voice she has a passion for it and that's great yeah she really does and i like the idea of her you know kind of sub coaching vince Mm -hmm. and being i don't know this football like side guru (laughs) instead of being like a cheerleader because she is already a cheerleader. You know, she doesn't need to be like a rally girl sub-cheerleader either. <laughs> She's already got that rolled down. Yeah, I mean, she does She does have that rolled down. And I think... I think her... I think she has a wheelhouse when it comes to this stuff. And um, it, it's nice to see a girl not afraid to admit just how much she loves a sport that isn't you know, cheerling and everything, and, and that she, even a, a sport that's kind of male-dominated, obviously, but but yet she has a passion and an understanding. And in fact, the fact that her father played football for for a long time, of course, she's she, you know she's going to be, you know, into it. Um, you know, um, but I like the passion. Kind of in her blood. Yeah. So. Yeah, all right. So now that we've gotten through Jess and Vince, um, we have a little ad from Patreon for you. Do you like podcasts about movies, television shows, books, games, and pop culture? How about sports like football and tennis? Here at Freaking Geeks Media, one of our many goals is to create a variety of podcasts that you can enjoy listening to. From the Freaking Geeks podcast to Hungry for Hannibal, Friday Night Mics, the American Gods podcast, and Stranger Things, we know that giving you an assortment of options is one of the best ways of bringing you back for more. But it does take quite a bit of work and expense on our end to make these podcasts a reality. Patreon gives us the opportunity to make a living doing what we love. However, to do this, we need your help. By donating as little as a dollar a month, you get access to both past and upcoming Patreon-only content, as well as early access to regular episodes before they appear on iTunes. Other tier rewards include monthly Loot Crate giveaways, access to live broadcasts, Freaking Geeks t-shirts, magnets, and much more. We can honestly say that anything given is greatly appreciated. So consider supporting us by going to www.patreon.com slash freaking geeks and check out what we have to offer. We think you'll like what you see and hear. All right. All right. 
So um, next up, we have Tammy's storyline. And before we get into the Tammy teacher stuff, she first meets the elusive, um, well-renowned, talked-about epic. And I gotta say, I pictured, like, a six-foot-five um, tank of a person, <laughs> the way they talked about Epic being, like, this horror show kind of, you know, can't even handle her kind of thing. But she's just like this, she's a skinny, you know, raggedy hair girl, and she's got bite to her, but she definitely isn't what I expected. Yeah, I guess, but I mean... I suppose it's not the teachers fear her. Well, I think because I think she's probably a volcano, you know, I think, you know, she may not be big and imposing in that way. I I just think that there is, she's a, she's a volcano. And when she explodes, she probably explodes. She Um, is molten evil and crazy all over everybody. (laughs) I, I think, yeah, basically, I think, you know, if she were to get really angry, I think she would just completely freak out in a classroom and I'm talking like throwing chairs, whatever. I, I, I don't think she cares at all uh, regarding what she does and who she does it to. So, yeah, I I, I don't think interesting to see where that goes. Yeah, we'll see. But, and, you know, I love tough counselor Tammy, who's laying down the law with her mm-hmm. and probably for the first time giving her some proper boundaries. I'm sure teachers have tried to kind of bring her in, but seeing the teachers that that school has, I don't think any of them have the the willpower that Tammy has. <laughs> Tammy's a force to be reckoned with when she wants to be. And, you know, she's finding her ground with Epic, seeing what works, what doesn't work. And still trying to be, you know, her sensitive self as well. Reach out to, you know, the person that this hard exterior is hiding. And I love that about Tammy. She she can see into people. You're right. I think that Tammy, Tammy has steel and a, a much more steely backbone than I think the other teachers have. Uh, more commitment, more... Um, more willpower, like you said, she's she's willing to go into this battle, and she's not going to lose. And uh, I think other teachers gave up too quickly, and just acquiesced to whatever Epic wanted, or at least didn't try to force anything. But Tammy's like, no, 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 no. You're going to go to class. You're not going to smoke on school property. You know, you're gonna. This is what's gonna. This is the law. This is what you're gonna do. You know, do it. So, yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, yeah. She gives her like some actual respect and some blunt honesty, and I doubt anyone's really given her that in her you know, entire high school career. <laughs> high school, uh, God, what do you call it when you're a kid in high school? High school education. Right. And, and <laughs> That's the prob- word I'm looking for. And probably at home too. By yeah, the sounds, by the sounds, the of, sounds it. of it, yeah. Yeah. Sounds like she's just kind of a toss-aside foster kid that doesn't get a lot of attention whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in her character. Um, It's got my interest. So, yeah, so she... Tammy, on the flip side of, you know, while she's helping Epic, she's also trying to reach out and be more social and involved with the staff members themselves because, you know, in the long run, she's still trying to do something for the kids, trying to get, like, a tutoring session going it needs the support of the staff to help with that so she's trying to you know make friends try and figure out like what they're about and she gets invited out to um i guess a cheap drink night at this bar that some of the staff members go after go to after work happy hour and she's in <laughs> yeah happy i can't do words tonight apparently <laughs> she's <Jeez. aren't> coming <laughs> Words ain't happening. <laughs> but um, she's invited by the one who's I've kind of felt is kind of the cynical one. The, mm-hmm. She's kind of a the bad egg that is kind of the one that, you know, talks bad about the kids and isn't the most supportive person in the whole world. So I was kind of surprised that she even invited her out in the first place. But yeah, it's just as awkward for Tammy as it is for them, clearly. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, but she tries to do her best, which, I mean, she gives it a fair shot. And in the end of the night, it actually leads to one of the teachers saying, sign me up. You yeah, know. The cynical one. Yep. 
which I don't know. <laughs> it makes me feel like she has ulterior motives. I, I don't know what they could possibly be, but if there was any of those teachers I would think would reach out to Tammy, it wouldn't be her. Well, I, I think, feel like I, I think the reason why is that I think she's she sees Tammy making an effort and she's willing to make it in return, regardless of whether or not she's more cynical. I think she she sees Tammy trying to be more social, actually trying to connect with them and uh wants to give you know her you know props for doing so and and by you know offering to help out you know it's just kind of trying to be a a nice fellow teacher i suppose maybe realizing that she's not there to be their boss and you know control them but that she's actually doing this for the purpose of the kids not for you know her own motives right Okay, I can I can I can get on board with that because <laughs> it just seemed weird to me, but that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. So I think that's all there is with Tammy this week. Um, yeah. Let's move on to Mindy. I love Mindy this episode. She's wonderful. Her, Billy, and Becky. Their storyline's great. <laughs> yeah. Crazy Mindy is awesome. Mindy. <laughs> she just. This is one of those times where you know. She is a bit of a jealous housewife that would come off annoying on anybody else. But with her, it's almost endearing because it just shows how territorial she is of Billy. Of all people, it's Billy. And you got to respect that she stands by her man. And if that ain't love, I don't know what is. Because it's <laughs> Billy. It's, it's Billy. You're right. <laughs> um, you know, I, I really like this storyline. I, I think that it's um, really a really effective storyline because... Initially, you know, it comes across as her being jealous of of Becky, who's this, you know, what, 16 going on, 17 year old girl. You know, she's got these short shorts on. And and from her point of view, Billy sitting next to to Becky trying to give her instructions on how to make these cookies uh, just looks to, you know, to Mindy looks like, you know, some pretty, pretty uh, hot and heavy flirting going mm-hmm. on here um so of course she's gonna be a little cantankerous <laughs> throw out a ten dollar word there um so you're bringing out some big words sorry and I'm feeling like uh, i can't even you know figure out the word for education <laughs> right <laughs> you know i throw out cantankerous so you know right? there you go you know look that up in the thesaurus uh all right um yeah i, I do like it though i think it's interesting um but What's really cool about it is that the way in which when Billy confronts her about it and says, look, my brother is in prison because he helped us out and he asked me to take care of Becky if she ever needed it. That's what I'm doing. And I think as weird as it sounds, I think that's all it took for Mindy to back off and realize, okay, nothing's going on here. Because after Becky comes back late at the end of the episode, she isn't, you know, angry at Becky because she's wearing short shorts or or whatever. She's angry because Becky stayed out late and they've been staying up waiting for her because she is technically under their care. Maybe not legally, obviously, but she's under their care. And so, of course, they're going to be worried about her. And it's a nice little flash forward for Mindy because Mindy's going to be like, oh, this is what it's like to have a daughter who's going to be about this old. This is actually a nice (laughs) trial run, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so uh, I just liked it. I just thought that it was nice to see Mindy laying down roles. You will be home at a proper time. (laughs) And Becky's response was really cool too, which is "I'm I'm not used to people actually caring when I come home. Yes. It might be like my, it's probably my little hard-on scene. You know, this, it gets to me. Uh, it's short, but, you know, Mindy goes from, like, housewife to house mama. You know, it's, it's a short scene, but it's kind of beautiful. You know, she initially feels jealous about her, but she ain't gonna let a damn thing happen to someone considered family to them. You know, she's got these kicked-in mother instincts that really suit her. And... 
for Becky, you know, this is the first time she's had people who treat her not like she's a roomie, but someone, people there to actually protect and have, who are responsible for her. I love that she gets chewed up by Mindy, but she's smiling. You know, this is the first time that people, like, legitimately care what time she comes home and care whether she goes missing. You know, I, her mom, I'm sure, like, loves her, but she treats her like a roomie. She hasn't had people to actually treat her like a parent before. And I think that's, it's such a small, sweet scene. Yeah, it is. It's nice. Uh, but there's some pretty cool parallels in this uh, episode because in a way you can almost look like Becky and Epic in a weird way yeah. are kind of similar in that both instances have parental figures who are for the first time in their lives caring about them. You know, That's laying true. down some laying, right, laying down some ground rules in both occasions. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, Epic may not be happy about it now, but I'm sure she will be. Where Becky can immediately recognize that this is a positive thing in her life. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, and uh, you know the the in between between these two scenes, you know Becky, she you know gets chosen. She's a rally girl too, and Tink is the one that gets um that she gets to be the rally girl for which is fine because I mean like it's pretty innocent Tink's a nice person and she's trying to make the cookies for him but you know this brings on quite a few looks from Luke who is noticing her more and more again he clearly hasn't gotten over you know their small romance and he's a little jealous and definitely keeping an eye over her um He's had a rough week himself. <laughs> we'll talk about him a little bit, but basically he's been suspended for a, for one for one game because apparently the board thinks that his perfect tackle hit thing was not you know up to par, which is bullshit because everyone's just kind of ragging down and wanting to. I'm sure that the Panthers paid them off. <laughs> like it's pretty obvious that some somebody's paying somebody's pocket on this call. Right. It's um what it is is that this team is supposed to be a bottom of the basement team. They're not supposed to beat up on anybody of that caliber. Yeah. They did, and now people are just gonna be pissy about it and uh, take steps to more or less. Um, punish them for actually winning the game. Yeah, because, like, I mean, Jason Street gets paralyzed, and no one says anything about the guy he, you know, went after about hitting him, but Luke makes this pretty perfect hit, and he's the Antichrist. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? No one says anything about the the guy that Jason Street tried to tackle and got him paralyzed, but... <laughs> it's it's all It all has to do with local... Uh, sports politics, uh, you know, yeah. stuff that goes on between schools and teams and whatnot. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that's put him in a pretty much a funk the whole episode. He's pretty happy. At the party, he's like, I ain't playing tomorrow, so I'm going to drink. And he drinks a lot. <laughs> and he goes after Hastings. <laughs> yeah, poor Who, He Hastings. seems to be having like this weird thing of all episode, like, like, like the guy just gets on my nerves, you know. Like he's yeah, he's he's definitely got some issue with Hastings going on here. Yeah, and Hastings isn't just getting it from Luke; he got it from Billy too. Billy's like just ripping into him as well. It's well, just like it's not Hastings' week. Billy Billy's trying to be Eric more or less. Tough love, yeah. But the problem is, as a coach, you have to understand that different strategies when it comes to coaching work on different players. Some players need tough love other players need a lighter touch and a good coach will know what's needed uh for each player how to go about yeah. you know bringing out the best in them and billy's got to figure that out yeah but um so with luke after he gets really drunk becky takes his keys and gives him a ride home and she walks up to the door and he tells her that he traded Mary Bell, his pig, to Tink so that Becky could be his rally girl. It took me a minute to realize what the hell that actually meant. And be like, the pig? The, the pig? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, what is Tink going to do with that pig? I don't know what he's going to do with that. I don't want to know. Don't care. 
It's like some Silence of the Lambs shit happening. It's it's like scary. Check it, on Tink. It's totally it's totally yeah. It's a little freaky, that's for sure. I do um, not want to see what's going on in the back in the background. It yeah. It's um it's an aspect of the episode that I, I choose to not think about if possible. Don't think about too hard. Because it it's it's just better that way if I if I do that. Um. I think that. Uh, I think that Tink is a a cool character. I actually like him a lot, but um, this is one this is one aspect that probably is is best if we know as little as possible. Right. So, like, he's either going to come to school the next day with a BLT sandwich, or or it's going to be like you're going to see him. And he's going to be like, this is his pet now. And shares his bedroom with this pet. It's going to be one or the other. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely true. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. With Becky and Luke, it's kind of like showing that there's still something there between them. He goes inside. She heads home to Billy and Mindy. But it's kind of nice showing us that there might still be something there. And hopefully gets her mind off of Tim. Because even though we don't talk about Tim this episode, we know he's on her mind. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, there's no doubt about it. He's He is definitely on her mind. Yeah. Um, let's see. Who else we have left? I think we just need to talk about Eric and the ratings. <laughs> Which, man, what a way to put down a team they clearly are you know, a force to be reckoned with and are going to be interesting this season. And everyone else is purposefully putting them down and trying to break their spirits. It's pretty awful considering they're high school kids. Like, And these people that make these ratings are adults. It's, it's so weird. Yep, ranking the teams and everything. And they're so worried about the rankings. And Eric is like, look, these rankings don't matter. This is the last thing we need. Focusing on the rankings is not going to help at all. Of course, they don't listen. And when they get, you know, they come in with the being unranked still, having despite having beaten, the, I believe, the eighth best team in the state. Um, yeah, that fires them up. They, they find it to be ridiculous. The whole Luke Cafferty thing goes down, which, again, is, is more... Uh, Kind of like rubbing, you know, salt into the the wound of of not being totally. ranked. Um, yeah, it, it's just it's not good. Yeah, it's. I hope there's no more of this because I hate it. The politics of football is just like, God, it just makes me so angry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's high school football. Mm-hmm. But um, I almost forgot we do have Julie to talk about and. Yeah. Boy, do I have to talk about this. <laughs> well, before we do that, why don't we do our Spindlecraft ad before we get into uh, it? All right, here it is. Do you remember the last time you picked up a pen and noticed the quality? How about a razor you handled that didn't feel cheaply made? When was the last time a product made a true and lasting impression on you? In this era of the mass-produced and disposable, anything lovingly handcrafted seems to be a rare thing. Maybe it's time for a change, and Spindlecraft can help. At Spindlecraft, passion and superior quality make it stand out from the faceless, automated crowd. Material for each piece of work is thoughtfully chosen, crafted, sanded, and finally polished with the kind of attention to detail and dedication you can't get off of an assembly line. At Spindlecraft, They know that quality of the material is as important as the quality of the craftsmanship and is a reflection of both the artist and the customer. So rather than buying some cheap pens or razors that you won't give a second thought, purchase something from Spindlecraft. To see what they have to offer, go to www.spindlecraft.com and at the checkout, enter the word geeks. That's G-E-E-K-S to get 10% off. We're sure that once you have a Spindlecraft product in your hand, you won't want to put it down. Okay, so let's talk about Julie. Julie. So, 
Julia's not having the funnest time at college. In fact, I found her like demeanor towards university or whatever she's at to be a lot like Tim's. I half expected her to like drive down and throw her textbook out the window, just like Tim did. But before she can do that, you know, the ancient decaying professor steps out and the young, kind of nerdy, hunky TA steps in and immediately like, oh, okay, that's where they're going. <laughs> you don't need any context. You just see that he's kind of kind of hunky and it's like, okay, got it. <laughs> we don't need to know any more to know that this is going to be a relationship. <laughs> Yet another older guy for her to hook up with. Um, yes. It's, what the hell? You know, she hooked up with Matt. Matt was older. She hooked up with um, uh, the Swede in season two. He was older. I forgot um, about the Swede. Right. And then um, back to Matt. Habitat for Humanity guy. Yep. And the Habitat, yep, Habitat for Humanity guy. And he was older. And now this, this TA who, I mean, I don't know exactly how old he is, but I would say he's probably about 25, 26 years old. Yeah. Uh, if not older. Good. Five to seven years older than her, a little more. Yeah, I would say I would say he's probably at least seven. <laughs> I would say seven. I'd say anywhere between seven to ten years older than she is. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know. And I already don't like it. Like nothing on him or age difference like that doesn't bother me. But I don't know when we had Julie and Matt for four seasons. Anyone else who's coming in as a romantic interest for Julie, I'm just like not having any of it. Yeah. If you're not Matt, we don't care about you. <laughs> yeah, and and as for the whole board thing, I, I think it is a reflection of um, the difference between your idea of what college is like and what college is like. You know, you think, oh, it's gonna be so awesome and fun and interesting and exciting Freedom. and you know, but instead, um, you know, class is kind of dull and and boring and the you know and a room full of you know got 150 other students in this room um my my roommate is having sex 24 7 i can barely get <laughs> into my dorm room um you know there's it's just it's the kind of like the realization that um you know college isn't this pristine amazing experience that's going to transform your life at least not you know in the first week you're there you know so yeah i just kind of got that sense it, it didn't strike me the same as is uh um uh kim kim thank you i'm pulling a blank um but i do i just saw as somebody who kind of is just adjusting still to the whole college life thing but as for the ta that guy's just that guy's bad news it's he's just he's older and it's kind of like, eh, so, you know, like thinking Sorry, whatever. Guys. So, okay. Yeah, I can already tell he's just going to be dull and just filler to keep her story going. So whatever, we'll deal with him for the time he's around. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Um, I think, I think that, they covered everyone. Yeah, I think they covered everything. Um. Yeah, I think that is pretty much everything. Uh, well, before we get into, I think, I guess, with the final thoughts and final grade, um, yeah. we do have uh, an ad here. It's for iTunes. Everyone knows that iTunes reviews really helps their podcast reach more people. But did you know that rating and reviewing us on iTunes will benefit you as well? Every month, we'll be noting who rated and reviewed us across all of our podcasts. Doing so will put you in the running for a gift from our sponsor, Spindlecraft. If you rate and review one of our podcasts, you will gain one entry. If you rate two, you gain two entries, and so on. This allows us to give a little something back for taking the time to rate and review our podcasts. You'll continue to be eligible to win each month for six months, or until the sponsorship ends. Winners will not be authorized to win again. It only takes a few minutes, but we think it's worth it. You should too. All right, so final thoughts, I guess. We're going <laughs> to give our final grades and everything. Uh, do you want me to go first on this? Sure. Okay. Um, you know what? This episode was actually, I thought, really good. 
there were, um, you know, some episodes are on the show are great because there are these big, huge moments, right? Um, and there are episodes that are great just because it's not like anything huge happens. It's just that all of the storylines seem to work together in like a perfect harmony. And there's often a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of symmetry going on between the storylines. Uh, we I, I alluded earlier to the symmetry between the, the Becky-Mindy uh, dynamic and the Tammy and, and Epic dynamic as being very similar. Uh, so you see that uh, on this show actually quite a bit, but in the very best episodes, it seems like all the storylines are all pushing the same themes and ideas. And I think they did a really great job in this episode with that. I think the writing across the board was really, really good. Honestly, I think this is um, this is definitely the best episode so far of the season. Not granted, this is episode two. I think last week was a solid episode. I may have even said that it was a solid episode. Um, not great. Uh, but good. Uh, and this here, this is definitely the best episode. It's fantastic. Uh, this one for me gets, uh, it's got to get uh, a solid A for this one. Yeah, I, I think I agree. It's It's got smaller moments, but the, the moments mean quite a bit. And there's some really great stuff in here. I love Mindy and Becky and, and Mindy kind of goes from being like you know the jealous kind of little bit spoiled girl she was to her mama instincts kick in and you know she's gonna take care of all the hens in her house and everyone who's there she's great and we get to meet Epic and she finally gets an authority figure love that Tammy is you know her mother instincts are really good too. It's it's a lot of mothering instincts in this episode, and everyone just kind of communicating well. And there's not a lot of drama, except for <coughs> adults who are looking down upon high school footballers because that's Texas. But overall, there's some really amazing moments in here, and everyone has some good character development. And it doesn't feel crammed or anything like that. They got to everybody and had everyone have their moments without it being too rushed. Yeah, I agree. It's a really good episode. I, I agree. A for me as well. Oh, excellent. All right. Uh, okay, so that's it for this week. Um, as I said earlier in the episode, this will drop on Friday, drop on iTunes next week on Wednesday. That'll be what we do moving forward until the end of the series. Uh, and also, just to give you guys an update here as to the finale, we'll, we'll do the finale, and it's going to be a combination finale for Season 5 uh, slash series finale as well. Uh, it's probably going to be a pretty big episode, so if you're listening to this and you want to get in some kind of feedback for the finale, um, now, I, I would certainly wait if you haven't seen the series all the way through, like for the first time. But if you've already seen Friday Night Lights at least one time through and you know what happens and you want to send in some feedback, uh, you can do that. However, I, I just want to say if you're going to send in feedback uh, for the finale for us to talk about, things you want, emails you want us to read, voicemails you want us to put on the show, things of that nature, in the subject line, do mark it, please, as a series or a finale um, or series slash season uh, five finale uh, so that Sarah, who is the one, you know, that has the <laughs> has the email so that she knows and, and won't open it up because she doesn't, doesn't want to be spoiled. spoiled ahead of time. So yeah. just make sure you put that in the subject line so that she knows ahead of time. Uh, Someone's but, just going to like email in and put in like the headlines like Tim dies in a car crash. Right. <laughs> Go ahead and sleep at night. <laughs> or, or Eric cheats on Tammy with another right. woman. That kind of thing. I'm like, no. So, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but if you want to be included uh, in the finale, if you want to kind of write in and, and give us your opinions, thoughts, all that stuff, 
you know, think about it now. If you can send it in right now, you can think about it as the next, you know, handful of weeks move along and, and maybe send it in then. Just kind of giving you guys a heads up now so that you know way ahead of time. So uh, that's it for this week. We'll see you guys next week for the third episode. And again, we are moving right along with this season and, of course, moving ever ever more closely, one step further towards the finale. So uh, clear eyes. Full heart. Can't lose. Can't lose. As Sarah dies coughing. <laughs> she will. <laughs> All right. We'll, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Later, guys. Thanks for listening to the Friday Night Mike's podcast. Be sure to visit FreakingGeeks.com as well as our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash freaking geeks for more great content. Also, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Trust us, it really helps. If you would like to write into the podcast and share your thoughts and ask questions, you can do so by sending your email to freakinggeeksmedia at gmail.com. You can contact Michael on Twitter using at Michael underscore Lanik. You can contact Sarah on Twitter using at Labyrinth Rose or at Freak Geeks.